Welcome to another Keel Hauled Podcast. I'm your host, Captain Logan, and we've got a lot of Sea of Thieves news to cover today, so tie yourselves to the mast and hold fast. Ahoy there, pirates. I hope you had yourselves a good week and a good weekend. I know I did. This week, I'm going to cover information from Patch 1.2.2, the developer update and inside story, community stories, my own stories, and a special charity at the end that I want to talk about. So let's get to it. First up on today's docket, Patch 1.2.2 is out and it's the third week of a new four-week Cursed Sales campaign. So just a couple quick reminders about what's going to be active this week and next week. The Shores of Plenty have the Sleeping Curse. The Ancient Isles are going to have the Venom Curse. And the Wilds are going to have the Sails Curse. They've also gone in and adjusted the sensitivity for a lot of the aim down sights and stuff. They basically doubled it. So now you have a little more granular. Granularity. Actually, you have twice as much granularity as you did before. So make sure you go in, check those settings, make sure that you're getting your turn rate or your turn speed and your aim down sights. Your, all that just kind of worked out in case that's been changed up. Uh, items placed behind the barrels at the bow of the Brigantine cannot be picked up still. That is still an ongoing bug. And the Kraken Karen has not made a return from her vacation. She is still out on holiday. Hopefully we'll see her and we'll find out a little bit more about how she's going to interact with the brigantine because that's still kind of up in the air. Also this week, pirates who met the requirements for the commendation, the fleet protector of the ancient isles, should be getting credit this week for those. There was an issue with those not getting recognized last week, and it should be fixed this week. As with any bug, if you see something, say something. The forums forums are always a place you can drop in and let Rare know what troubles you're having and see if there's maybe a workaround or someone else has reported it. Maybe they're not even aware of it. We found out thanks to another stream that uh, they didn't even know that when you put the sails forward, you were actually increasing speed. So that's I think that's still actually in the game. I don't know if they've actually addressed that or not. The The reason I bring this up is because what was originally a three-week campaign is now a four-week campaign. And thanks to Mr. Neat early Sunday morning, I got word that the fourth week will have the same curses as week three. So if you felt pressured to get them all done, then you should be able to complete them in the fourth week to get credit. Though I'm still hoping that I can get some confirmation on that. The community has spoken and our feedback has been taken into account regarding Forsaken Shores. Joe Neat let us know in the update video that there's not going to be any or there won't be any kind of in-game specific events and also no week specific events that you'll have to worry about. It's really amazing the turnaround time for these changes too, considering that Forsaken Shores has had the longest lead time. They've been working on this content since they changed their original roadmap, I'd say around the beginning of April. And for them to have content that's four months in development to be able to go in and change something that they probably had already planned around is amazing. And it's nice because, for example, this week I had to jump on at a point when there was less than an hour's worth of time in the Forsaken or in the Ancient Isles to do the 
cursed sales event. So I had to just deal with the fact that I wasn't going to get those this, this day and I'd push on to get the wilds done. And I did, but it was kind of a bummer that I couldn't just go do the ancient aisles. And then when I was done with that restock, go do the wilds whenever I wanted to. It was always at a specific time. And if I didn't have more than an hour, the chances of me finishing the five waves was going to be pretty tough. So that aside, I just want to take a moment to thank the Forsaken Shores team for having to change things so soon to it dropping. We've, we're, we're about a month away at this point. There's been a couple times where I've spent all day on an episode of Keelhauled, only to be passing out on the couch at like 3 a.m. or 4 a.m. in the morning, listening back to it after I've already published it, only to find that there's like a weird gap of dead air. And then having to get up, go back into the file, find the gap, edit it, export, upload the new file before hopefully too many people have actually downloaded it. Moving into the rest of the developer update, Joe Neat has been talking to us about the state of cursed ships post-campaign and how they're working to make them emergent like the Megalodon, but also out in the world with a cloud similar to Skull Forts to indicate where they are and with the loot, uh, which is similar to how I expected they would be put into the world. I hope that they remain or, or that they kind of retain that eerie glow from a distance. Like if you've ever looked at, at the skeleton ships as you're sailing towards the area, you can see them clearly. They look like a galleon and they have the different glowing orbs or, or gla glass balls that they have on there and they're blue and they're green they just look really cool and I hope that they I hope that that doesn't change I don't think it would but it's just something about seeing those things on the the, the sea on the horizon that's just really kind of cool and always lets you know like okay something's really going down there so one of the things I did want to address because uh, I promised I would Evil Monkey in the Discord asked if the commendations are tied to specific crews will be achievable post curse sales. And what he's talking about is some of the commendations are specifically for crews and during each week. With us going into post curse sales time in a week after the fourth week is up, we will see them out in the world, but we don't know how they're going to be implemented as far as what curses they will have. Will they have a rotating curse that they can they can use multiple types of cursed cannonballs? Or will it be a set thing like each crew is a set crew and whatever crew is up at the time is the one that you'll be fighting? Will we be fighting multiple waves of each crew? And if that's the case, are we going to be in the situation where we can still complete some of those commendations for the people that just like to have them, even if they don't get the full bilge rat doubloons for them, just to just to be able to have those knocked out uh, on their, their list of, of uh, commendations? And I'd like to know myself also if that's something the case, especially with going into the fourth week, the commendations that are in the game right now reflect very specific dates. And with the third or the fourth week reflecting the same curses as the third week, I want to, I'm, I'm hoping that we get some confirmation that with this fourth week, we can still get credit and commendations or, or get doubloons for the commendations that are for the third week, even though it's in the fourth week. Next up on today's docket, with the next Bilge Rat Adventure, we're going to be introduced to Cursed Cannonballs. I imagine we're going to have some big changes to the game. Now, a lot of people people were concerned at the beginning of Curse Sales campaign that the seas were becoming too friendly and that alliances had ruined PvP in Sea of Thieves. With this build rat adventure, we're going to need ships to use these cursed cannonballs on. So 
get ready for some PvP pirates. Once again, the Dark Lord Duke is giving us monetary gains for attacking others, and it wasn't enough that we went out into the world to smash statues and sit in thrones that honestly don't belong to us. There's a good chance that the commendations for this adventure will want us to hit ships with a certain number of cursed cannonballs. With the new adventure, I imagine there will be some new cosmetics, though with all the stuff that we got added during the cursed sales campaign, I can't imagine what else they could add. If I had to take a guess though, I'd go for the same themed cosmetics from the mermaid statues as weapons. So the Wailing Barnacle style, Blunderbuss, Sword, Pistol, and Eye of Reach. Of course we won't know for sure till it's out, but I'd imagine that in a week we'll get a video giving us more information. <laughs> Third item on today's docket, the update video also goes into detail about Rare's presence at Gamescom, which if you don't know what Gamescom is, imagine E3 in Europe, in Germany, and you're good. So Rare is going to be there. I know Joe Neat, Andy Preston, Craig Duncan, and Ryan Stevenson will be heading out there. They'll be joining in on the Inside Xbox show, and we'll get a first look at the world of Forsaken Shores. There's also going to be a Mixer stream on Tuesday morning. Uh, a tweet from Rare Sea of Thieves account said that on Tuesday, August 21st at 3.30 p.m. BST, which is 10.30 or 10.30 a.m. on the East Coast and 7.30 a.m. for the Pacific Coast, will be part of the Gamescom Inside Xbox episode. We'll be sharing some Forsaken Shores news and you can earn a glorious Huntress figurehead via the mix pot. Don't miss out. We'll be live. HTTP colon forward slash forward slash www.mixer.com forward slash Xbox. So make sure, I'm going to have that link in the show notes, make sure Tuesday morning you have your Microsoft account hooked up to Mixer that has your Sea of Thieves game on that Microsoft account so that when you log in, you'll get part of that that Mixer pot. You can actually get the perfect dark figurehead. There, this, this is a big deal because this is the second time I think they've done this where, where they've offered something through stream that wasn't available uh, or actually, so this was available during San Diego Comic-Con. If you were at San Diego Comic-Con or you purchased something from the Sea of Thieves store that weekend, then you got a code for this already. You're set. If you didn't and there were, you were waiting for that 60-day exclusivity to be up, then this is a good opportunity for you to jump on. It's only been about 60 days. And there are actually a few Nintendo gamers out there like N64 Josh from the Nintendo PowerCast that really wants this. And I've wanted to get him into Sea of Thieves for a while. And this may be the, the, the chance to get him to turn on his Xbox for a minute. So I'm looking forward to this. Hopefully, hopefully I can get him to do it. That being said, it's roughly 60 days since E3. And if I remember correctly, the Obsidian Eye of Reach and drums should be made available soon. Thanks to Bodhi Slam for poking rare, Craig Duncan Studio had said that they would be looking to add these skins for all players at a later date. Fast forward to San Diego Comic-Con on July 21st, and they mentioned that skins would have a 60-day limited time exclusivity before being made available to everyone. I just want to make sure everyone remembers this, though I'm curious if we aren't getting the spinal figurehead at Gamescom. I wonder when they'll decide to release him because that's that's they there's been some requests from other people that want this and they said back at San Diego Comic-Con to kind of keep an eye on the the mixer channels for when they were going to be releasing that and I was 100% certain. I I was so certain that we were going to be getting the Spinal Killer Instinct figurehead 
at Gamescom because it fit right in. It was right at the end of the three-week campaign, right when Gamescom was. They were going to be announcing more information about Forsaken Shores, possibly even stuff past Forsaken Shores, and they were going to throw out the, the spinal figurehead. And I wonder if maybe I just opened my mouth a little too soon, and now they pushed it back in spite. Uh, probably not. They probably probably don't even, I don't even know if they listen. Anyway, uh, there have been some requests from the community, though, for Viva Pinata and Conquer as well. And I, and I know I'd love to see a figurehead with a reimagining of Conquer because that was one of my favorite games growing up. I loved playing Conquer's Bad Fur Day, especially the multiplayer with the teddies. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of surprised there hasn't been a Donkey Kong tie-in, though, but I figure that they would probably need to get permission from Nintendo for that. However, if Ubisoft can get Mario for Mario, uh, Rab- Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battles, I don't see why Donkey Kong in King K. Rule are, are, can't be sales or figureheads. Why can't we get some of that stuff in the game? All right, so last week, I asked if people had a similar experience with ships spawning at an outpost that already had a ship present. It was interesting to hear some of the theories and thoughts on why this would happen. That being said, it was an odd bug, but it turned into a great story. And I don't really have a great story this week because I've been grinding through the latest World of Warcraft expansion. I've been playing in on Alliance side, which is against my blood, uh, for a couple reasons, but mostly because that was the the last character that I was using in raiding uh, during Legion. This the expansion has been great, by the way. If, if you have played World of Warcraft and you've dropped off, come back for this one because it's been really good. I've started up on the the Horde side of the storyline after finishing the Alliance side, but considering I haven't spent much time sailing, I'm still getting a heavy dose of pirate influence in this game. It's been a lot of fun, and I've been tweeting a ton of photos of it. Uh, it's been great looking forward to when Curse Sales is going to be complete, though, because I, I can't wait to get back to working on my Athena's voyage. Everyone's really consumed with making sure that they're getting the Cursed Sales battles complete, and no one's really wanting to go out to voyage too much. So it's it's tough when you want to go out and get sailing done, but you don't necessarily want to go do the battles and deal with that attrition game. Uh, I'd, I'd much rather just go kill some skeletons and dig up some chests again. So that and when you have 14 years uh, history with a game, it's really hard to ignore a new expansion. So thankfully, the Keelhaul Discord community has been very active and working to make sure everyone is getting crewed up and sinking those skeleton ships. So it's time for the captain's log, as well as maybe a first mate's log. Yeah, we're going to do a first mate's log. I got a good story for you. And I didn't even do it. So I had the pleasure of sailing with Thunder Diz and Lightning Dawes, uh, one of our listeners and his son who sent in a review a while back. He and his son joined Gum Gum Cannon and myself as we sailed off to gather supplies for the Wilds battle and get some treasure while we were waiting. So we sailed over to, I threw down a gold hoarders and it ended up giving us, I think, six or seven different maps. And most were in the wilds, so it worked out. And we started going up to Sunken Grove and started to get supplies. And probably about five minutes in, we realized that we didn't really remember why we'd gotten there because we had been bombarded by so many skeletons and gunpowder skeletons and getting supplies that we forgot there was actually treasure on the island for us. Amongst the four of us, constantly dealing with skeletons, we finally managed to dig up the treasure chests and get back to the ship. And this was all while we were kind of keeping an eye on a sloop as well as a brigantine that was nearby. 
and eventually two galleons came into the area, but none of them really bothered with us. So as we started sailing from island to island, we made it from Sunken Grove to Isle of Last Words to Crooked Masts, and then eventually to Shipwreck Bay, before we started to sail south to Crook's Hollow, which I thought was our next destination, not realizing that I was looking at the map and thinking Cannon Cove was Crook's Hollow. When I finally got there and I realized what was going on, the Megalodon had come upon us and was starting to circle us, very menacingly at that. Meanwhile, the cannon on the island is shooting at us, so I send lightning daws up to go take care of the skeleton on the cannon. Meanwhile, Gum Gum Cannon is sitting on the on the side of the ladder holding a chest of sorrows so that we don't sink, and <laughs> I've got Thunder Diz who's trying to help me get the ship underway. We finally make it over to Ancient Outpost and they wanted to see the Pirate Legend Tavern, which I thought was awesome because I love being able to have people get that experience. So we all went up to the tavern and I opened up the staircase and we, they all, we all went down, we gathered a couple supplies, they hung out and then I went out with Gum Gum Cannon and we decided to go to sail down to the um, wilds or I guess sail up to the wilds, I don't know. We sailed north. Meanwhile, the Megalodon is still around and still bothering us. She's not being very aggressive, uh, that changes. And we start kind of working our way back up and as we're going back up, People are shooting themselves off to different areas to get supplies, jump off to get barrels and stuff as we try to get prepared for this fight. And as we get up there, we sail past a sloop who is, I'm just going to call them naked because they, they've got they've got the basic skins. They don't really have any kind of liveries or anything, so it just looks like they're not wearing anything. Uh, so they're sailing around in a naked sloop, and as we get up to the wilds, they've aligned with us. Meanwhile, we've seen two galleons, a brigantine, and, and two sloops wondering where are these people and what are they doing that they don't want to come join us in this grand adventure it seems kind of strange so we get up to the wilds and we start doing battle and things are going well because there was a sloop and they, or no it was a brigantine they'd sunk and the, as soon as the brigantine had sunk we immediately sunk two of the galleons with a chest of sorrows and some water and a couple barrel or a couple um cannons and we felt pretty good so after that the next wave spawns and immediately sinks us all our supplies the chest of sorrows and the uh, powder kegs that we had worked so hard to get are now in the ocean with no one to use them and where does it respawn us well you may think it would be close but it's not it's picaroon palms we're way over in picaroon palms so we start sailing our way back to the wilds, and by the time we get up there, we find out that the sloop that had been allied with us sank very quickly after we did, and now they are behind us, racing to try and get in touch with us. And I, I'm, I'm actually completely oblivious to this fact. Like, I, I knew that the sloop was around. I didn't know that they were behind us the whole time. So we get back to the wilds, and we're doing battle, and, and things are going well. And it just seems like we're having a tough time. We can't seem to have, a, we're, we're not communicating well enough to be able to keep our ship afloat. Or, or we just get a bad turn of events where there's just, they've got our sails up and we're stuck and they're circling. And it's just, it's just, just pain, just lots and lots of pain. And we, we lose our ship a couple times, but we eventually get to the point where the sloop has abandoned their sloop or the, the pirates on the sloop have abandoned their ship and joined ours and they're doing nothing but using our planks to bail and repair our ship while three of us are jumping off the ship onto the galleons and into the water to get barrels so that we can have cannonballs to kill these ships. It's hilarious. I don't think I've used 
more tactics to take down ships than I have with these with these skeleton ships. It's hilarious. They're, they're practically sunk. There's just a couple more levels of water that you need to get on them. And I'm sitting in the ocean, like swimming alongside the ship, bailing water onto the deck as they're just slowly going along. It's hilarious. And all of this ends up happening. We have uh, another sloop that comes in and they start attacking. And then we go off to get supplies and then they bring the ships back to us. And then Meg gets involved and starts chomping on us instead of the galleons. Uh, we lose our ship, but we come back, we finally get the captains down, and as soon as we get the captains down, Meg bites us, and we totally get thrown off course, and we can't, we, our anchor's down, and we're looking around, and we can't find the treasure, and it's so disheartening, because we're just like, where's the treasure? There's 13 sharks in the water, there's a megalodon chomping on us, we're losing supplies, where is the treasure? Can't find it. That's not all. Brigantine, the one that sank way earlier, has finally restocked and come back in an alliance with another ship, and as they're sailing into the area we're looking around for our treasure in the water and we hear the music for a new battle it is much sooner than it has been in the past they said they elongated the times but they didn't take into account the fact that when a new ship comes in it spawns a new crew battle and we've got two fresh galleons now rising up out of the water on top of our ship starting to pummel our ship and we're just trying to find their the brigantine's like hey guys you have to take down your alliance flag and put it back up if you want to join our alliance they're like dude we just want to go we just want our loot we just finished the battle we're out we're peace good luck you can fight these things no they don't want to fight they don't want to fight the galleons the galleons want to fight us and meg won't stop chomping us so if this all this all to say that i actually i ran out of time i couldn't I couldn't even see the end of the battle, and I was so disheartened. So I leave, and later on, I get word that they had a really good time regardless, that, that uh, Thunder Diz had a, had a great time with Lightning Dawes, and then Lightning Dawes uh, was really happy to, to get a chance to sail, and I'm glad that I got to finally sail with them. It was a lot of fun. They did a really great job, and Gum Gum Cannon was, was the, the martyr of it all for spending so much time on the side of the ship holding a chest of sorrow so we wouldn't see sink as we go from island to island just trying to save this chest of sorrows so we can effectively use it in the in the the galleon battles with the cursed sails it's so oh god it's so crazy sometimes just how this all ends up i did find out later on that they managed to scrap together some loot from some of the stuff that sank uh that came back from some of the other ships and they got some turn in before they went off that night but Man, you know, just when you think, I almost I almost feel like I don't want to go into a battle too prepared because it feels like every time I get too prepared for a skeleton battle, I lose my ship within the first couple waves. And it's so disheartening after that because all you're trying to do is sail back as quickly as possible to get back to the battle so it doesn't reset. And that's just like, ugh, like how do you, what, what do you do in that instance? Do you, do you spend some time to get some more supplies and let it reset? Or do you just get in there and try and like deal with the, 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 the fight, the attrition that comes with trying to find barrels to steal it off of the galleon to come up with creative ways of bailing water onto the ship or ramming it and using a hole in your hull to, to, as a constant supply of water? It's insane. But 
man, it's so fun. It's just, it takes a lot out of me. And I'm, <laughs> I'm looking forward to having some downtime between events so that way I can kind of relax and go back to my nor normal leisurely uh, method of, of fighting skeletons, digging up treasure, and hunting down chickens and pigs. <laughs> it's just, it's a lot of fun, but man, it takes the heck out of me. But if this story wasn't good enough, then you're in luck because I have another story. And this story comes to us from Jorvik. That's right. Jorvik spent some time again, and he's given us another First Mate's Log from his story. And I'm going to put that in now. War. War is hell. As you all know, we be at war with a treacherous wonder. The warsmith who had betrayed our brethren pledged herself to an ancient enemy and declared war upon the Sea of Thieves. Balls and blades at the ready lads, to battle we go. As pirates, we may not be accustomed to being team players. However, when the dead rise from the depths below, it behooves us all to band together and make allies in the face of the fearsome ferocities of the deep. But there be times when fate throws you into the fold and neither sloop nor brigantine to sail at your side. It was on such a night I found myself crewed up with a galleon of random pirates who were making ready to battle. Now old Captain Jorvik prefers to sign articles with pirates he trusts, but war makes such strange bedfellows. As one of the men had been acting a bit odd, stricken with a curse perhaps, unable was he to hear the orders of his captain, nor communicate with us as to his own desires. The boys had just found a cursed chest, crying tears that we planned to use against the warsmith. However, when stopping to prep the ship with supplies and unload our cargo before battle, the swindling scallywag takes our precious cursed weapon and sells it for a measly 600 gold. We brigged the bill's rat, cursed his name, but headed out to battle all the same. It was here in the wilds that we found ourselves, no other ship to ally with, and one man in the brig. When we heard a terrible sound of the enemy below, now despite our disadvantage, the ship was fully stocked with eight gunpowder barrel held up in the crow's nest. And as my two comrades defended our vessel, it was I, Captain Jorvik, that dived below and boarded the ships as they rose, blasting the skeletal horrors back to Davy Jones. One by one they appeared, and one after the other we sent them down, gathering the treasures they held and loading them up into our battered ship. When the captain of the fleets finally appeared, we were down to naught but a few planks and cannons. She, along with her consort, circled in as we boarded the enemy ships for supplies and emptied what little shot we had left. Now lads, I'm not too ashamed to say it, but when the barrels were empty and the kegs were all gone, old Captain Jorvik went to work with nothing more than a bucket of water. And as I filled her up to the point that her hull was buckling and riding slow, I quickly stopped and turned to hear my crewmates screaming for their lives out as our ship departed down, sinking under the blasts. Calling out to the lads, I ordered them to make deals with merfolk, sell their souls if they had to, but find another ship and bring it back as fast as the wind would take them, while I quickly went to work, gathering all the treasures from our previous ship and loading it on to none other than the enemy vessel. A pirate loading up a skelly ship with treasure. I for they would not be keeping the treasure long. As my crew returned with our new vessel, ordered a hard to port, and together we delivered a full complement of cannon fire directly into the captain's ship, blasting her and sending her to the depths. 
after we gathered the entire treasures aboard, including the loot that they had so graciously held in trust from our previous ship. We raised our grogs high, toasted our success, and reveled in the spoils of war. But lads, the war continues, and as fighting rages across the wilds, to the ancient isles, and up to the shores of plenty, know this, fortune favors the bold. And even when your numbers are down and your crewmates betray you, there is glory to be had in the challenges of battle. Life for the living, and death to all skellies. Now get out there, and bring justice to the warsmith. May fortune follow you lads. This be Captain Jorvik, signing out. Last Thursday, we got another inside story. I love these, by the way. It's such a cool way of checking out just how things get introduced into the game. And to find out that this week's video covers the conception of the skeleton ships and how they prototype these all the way back in 2014 and 2015 is crazy. This means a lot of the stuff that they have in works right now are things that they have been working on for years that, that they eventually planned on getting into the game. But the roadmap had been pushed so that these are now just getting into the game now. So I wonder when these originally were intended to come out. But to have these now is great just to, just to have something beyond the main line reputation progression. So inside story number 30 has Tom Barry, senior software engineer, and Andrew, Andrew, I'm just going to say Andy, Andy Preston, talking about the amount of work they put in to try and get AI ships to work in the world. With Sea of Thieves being so open, it's tough to put enough restrictions on AI ships so their behavior is similar to how players would sail. In the prototype footage, you can see that they had at one point the skeleton ships out by Smuggler's Bay and with a rowboat attached to the back of the galleon. Now, we knew that rowboats would attach to the back of ships, but to see that they had planned on this from the very early stage is surprising to me. Artwork aside, I didn't know if they would ever get these in. It makes sense looking at the video that you can attach the rowboat to the back of the galleon, but in some of the discords I've been in, we've been discussing whether or not you can attach your rowboat to someone else's galleon. If that's the case, then loading up their loot on your rowboat and taking off with with it would be would be so much easier since everyone tends to store their loot in the captain's cabin. I remember watching playthroughs of this game a long time ago and noticing that the rare team tended to place their loot below deck, something most of us are too lazy to do nowadays. Now, I wonder if that's because they knew at this time that rowboats were going to be in there and they wanted a way to try and prevent people in rowboats from hooking up to a galleon and stealing all the treasure in the cabin. This also is a great way if you want to load up a bunch of powder kegs onto a rowboat, hook it up to the back of a galleon or a back of a ship, and have yourself a portable bomb. Going back to the video, at 40 seconds in, you can see on Smuggler's Bay, there's a fort on the northwest side of the island. I'm really interested to see if these are something much like ports and villages that will eventually be added to the game once we have more space to work with around the sea. As it is, everything is in a very 
early stage of development. We have a few vendors around the world, nothing substantial with towns or things that would require a def- defensive structure. Let me let me know what you think. I'm really curious to know how you feel about this. W- what would you want from a fort? Like what could they what could they do with a fort that would be interesting to you? What would we be defending? So feel free to reach out to me with that. I'd, I'd love to hear some ideas. That being said, here's here's kind of my idea I've been thinking about for what a fort structure event would be like. Duke the Dark Lord of the Bilge Rats has managed to persuade a gold hoarder to use his skeleton keys at a fort that has a vault with unspoken amounts of treasure in it. The trouble is, the gold hoarder doesn't know if any of his keys will work on the vault door. The fort guards the dead pirates who have all passed away are now awakened by the disturbance of the living trying to breach the door to their treasure they have sworn to protect, on top of other pirates trying to attack you. You'll need to defend Duke and the gold hoarders as they try to get the vault open. You must hold the fort and use its defenses to keep pirates from getting in. Doors can be reinforced with planks and cannons will be on the walls to keep ships from getting too close. Skeleton guards will spawn inside the fort and try to kill you and get to Duke and the gold hoarder. If they take too much damage, then they'll They'll die, and you'll lose the opportunity to get the forts a long-lost plunder. Overall, it takes a King of the Hill capture point with an AI threat inside and potential AI ship and or other pirates to try and take down the fort. New mechanics for this revolve around the idea of using planks as a repair means for doors that have health. There will be three doors on different sides of the fort, and each will be accessible by players and subject to cannon fire and powder kegs. If a door is breached but pirates inside are able to defend the fort, you can always use spare doors or planks to rebuild the defenses. Last but not least, I got a new tattoo. And it's dedicated to how much Sea of Thieves has changed my life. So I got the Reaper's Mark on my right forearm. And... It's in the process of healing right now, but I'm I'm hoping to get a clean photo of it when it's healed up. It turns out it's it's so amazing. I love it. It, it turned out great. I couldn't be happier with it to represent it. And and the reason why I kind of wanted to do this was was for a lot of reasons. One, I've been wanting this for a long time. Two, it just looks awesome. And this is actually the sixth month time frame that I've been doing the podcast. This is the 29th episode of Keelhauled, and I've been going since February 21st. I've been playing since before then, and being in this for six months running, this is the first time I've ever done a podcast and I've been having a blast doing it. It's changed a lot since the beginning and has been influenced by so many listeners supporting it, many from day one. I'm I'm still small compared to other shows, but I never, I never imagined how many awesome people I'd meet as a result. To the Keelhauled crew and listeners, thank you very much. I couldn't be happier. And there's one one more thing that I do want to mention. While I've got your ear... Captain Daggers McTimbers, or Harriet, if you don't know, on Twitter, is going to be doing a charity stream for 12 hours once she hits 1,000 followers on Mixer. She'll be streaming for Special Effect, a UK-based charity looking to help gamers with disabilities have the opportunity to play games they want. She hasn't announced the date on the stream, but I'll leave links to her stream as well as her Twitter if you aren't following her already. I'm really excited for her to be doing this, and she's a great person, and I couldn't I couldn't have imagined her picking a more worthy cause. Most of you know that I'm a big supporter of accessibility, especially for gamers, because it's something that everyone has the right to to play. Everyone deserves a chance to be 
be able to play games the way just anyone else plays them. And having means and charities devoted to making sure that disabled are able to play these games, especially with some of the new Xbox controller systems that are coming out. Those are amazing. I just, I want people to be more aware of this. So I'm going to try and get in on this stream if I can. If not, I'll try and get the chance to watch it, but I want to make sure everyone has an opportunity to find out about it so that if you do want to donate, which I highly recommend, if you can at least throw a few bucks their way, it makes a big difference. It really does for these charities. All right, pirates. I think this is going to close out the episode. I've got a five-star review from Dr. Monolith Grind Carver. Dude, it's, it's Captain Nightmare. If, if any of you know Nick, he's an amazing pirate legend. He spends a lot of time helping out the community, supporting Frosty and the loot and lore guys. He went and put some time into iTunes, and I thank him for this. He says, one of two podcasts I listen to. This was the first podcast I ever listened to. It's filled with fun theories and exciting stories of Logan's adventures on Sea of Thieves. The composition of his cast, even when he says it's all mashed up, is, fanta- mashed up is, all, is fantastic. Great music, timing, and of course, a great main pirate voice. Arr, thank you, matey. Keeldhauled is my one-stop Sea of Thieves news and other related content podcast. Keep up the great work, Captain Nightmare. I couldn't have said it better myself, Captain. Nick, thank you very much for that review. If you'd like to leave a review or just reach out to me, there's plenty of ways to do it. You can always reach me over at C-A-P-T-L-O-G-U-N at gmail.com. That's the email. Oh, I got an email. Let's do the email. I almost forgot. All right. So I almost forgot I got an email. So this email, I believe, is from Spurs5446. I think it might be from Escontra, who left a review. Says here, good morning, Captain. Enjoyed your voyage described in the last episode of your phenomenal podcast. I wanted to report a similar encounter, but with a twist. Myself and three other pirate legends were unloading from an Athena's run. Out of nowhere, our ship just disappeared. All of our crates and powder kegs were floating in the water, and we were baffled. We continued to turn in stuff until a sloop popped up on the dock we previously occupied. We decided to confuse the hell out of its owner. We took our two barrels, and the four of us climbed into the crows into their crows' nests. We used the sleepy moat and awaited the hilarity. There were two younger kids, and they spent way too much time running around the island before finally approaching their ship. Finally, they approached and the merchant and picked up some quests. This is when they see our empty crates floating in the water in front of them. We always launch and cancel several merchants, by the way. These quests before Nathena's run to get a healthy supply of crates in case we are sunk. So we can go to an outpost and pick up the crates for the voyage instead of losing them all. They hop into the water and grab some crates. They drop them off on the boat. As they hop back into the water, the four of us leap down and start playing music in their bottom deck. They come to investigate it but aren't really sure what to do. They both pull out their pistols but do not engage. We warn them that this is likely won't won't go well for them if they choose to fire. They discuss together and decide that they will not engage. As we head up to the top and show them the legend tavern, we notice a skull fort has popped right behind the outpost. There is a sloop there, likely already working on waves. We decide to take this sloop and approach. They likely won't expect to see four people hop off a sloop and we will have the upper hand. As we approach, the kids whose boat we are using decide to scuttle. Our ship descends into water and we grab the two or, th- or we grab the two or three of us cleared out the fort. 
Uh, oh, they probably grabbed their powder kegs. They cleared out the fort. Uh, amazing time getting loot while just confusing so many pirates. Keep up the great work. My girlfriend and I love listening to the podcast. Hope you hope to get to sail with you sometime. She was the one that gave you the name Captain's Log via Twitter. Happy sailing, Michael. Michael, thank you for sending that in. I was very happy to have someone give me a name for the story sessions because that was actually really blanking on me. I've since then realized that a lot of people actually do enjoy using the uh, the Captain's Log uh, name for, for their stories and stuff. So it's, it's great. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Um, let's uh, back to where I was. I was trying to end the episode before I realized I almost skipped out on one of my most important parts. Anyway, if you want to get a hold of me, again, CaptainLogan at gmail.com or C-A-P-T-L-O-G-U-N at gmail.com, just like Michael sent in. You can always send me a Twitter message uh, on Twitter at C-A-P-T underscore L-O-G-U-N. Uh, I'm on Xbox as C-A-P-T-A-I-N-L-O-G-U-N. That's Captain Logan, all one word. That's pretty much going to do it, Pirates. I hope you had a good time. I hope you have a good opportunity getting the last few remaining crews during the curse sales, and I look forward to the Bilge Rat adventure coming up. Make sure you check out Gamescom. Don't forget about that that Twitch or that Mixer stream. Uh, that's going to give you the Huntress figurehead. I'll probably be retweeting that and sending out links as well, too. So until then, I'll see you on the Sea of Thieves. Thank you.